Hi, I'm Holland Petrock. I'm 15 years old and live in Jacksonville, North Carolina. This is Climate Stories Youth Report. A podcast by Coastal Youth Media and NC Health News exploring how climate change is shaping our neighbors' lives in unexpected ways. I'm your host. This podcast is produced by eight youth producers living in rural coastal North Carolina. Our region is one of the earliest places in the U.S. to be impacted by climate change. After training with professional North Carolina journalists, we embarked as reporters ourselves. Each episode, you'll hear from different coastal North Carolina youth reporters and their stories. Let's begin. For people living on the coast, sea level rise is one of the most anxiety-inducing conversations about climate change. When we talk about sea level rise, all of our concerns really seem to center on one question. Will life be as we know it? Well, if you consider that for centuries, North Carolina coastal people have had to deal with migration, adaptation, and survival. Maybe you could frame the answer as yes. In Carteret County, early settlers living in Diamond City moved inland after the Great Hurricane of 1899. They moved to the nearest habitable coastal places like Salter Path, the Promised Land, and Harker's Island places that are having to deal with erosion and sea level rise in a serious way today. For many years, coastal communities have depended on the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers to implement beach re-nourishment programs. So I'm going to start off with some simple questions. So first, what is your name? Douglas Medlin. And where are you from? From Surf City. What is your occupation? Occupation is merchant and also mayor of the town of Surf City. What are some tasks of being a mayor? Task of being a mayor, listen to a lot of people with complaints. (laughs) (laughs) Why did you want to become a mayor? Uh, Because of my love for the town. What does it mean to be the mayor of a beach town in 2021? It means you have a lot to uh, work on. Probably some of the biggest projects is the beach nourishment. And, yeah, that's our, our biggest project right there is beach nourishment. Now, also, our beach town is growing at a rapid rate. How do you think the sea level rising would affect the beach houses living right next to the beach? Or, like, the residents living in them? Okay, if we don't do the beach nourishment, right. then they won't be living there. <laughs> so it affects them immensely. We will still have beach, but it might be where their house was. Right. And, uh, yeah, that's the biggest problem, and that's the reason we do uh, beach nourishment. I mean, really, you know, if we never do anything, then, you know, the beach will be on the other side of the waterway. <laughs> not in my lifetime, not in your lifetime, but at some point. If you don't believe it can't be, then go, you know, a hundred miles inland and dig a great big hole (laughs) and you find all these shark's teeth and everything, all the fossils. So the ocean used to be there at one time. Yeah. And, uh, and I think it basically tries to go back to where it was. That might sound like an old wives' tale, but the mayor is right that our state used to be underwater. Fossil records shows that 600 million years ago, North Carolina was covered in warm seawater that had coral and jellyfish. 
About 23 million years ago, the ocean receded, and sea creature fossils found inland today are from that period. Can you describe the Beach Nourishment Project? Yeah, the Beach Nourishment Project is, uh, will be pumping sand on the beach. It builds a berm that's 16 foot high, and then the berm at the top will be about 20 to 30 foot wide, and then it tapers down. Do you feel you have the support you need from the state or federal level to tackle the sea level rise challenges? I think so. Uh, I mean, that's just like, I mean, we got $237 million from the government to do the beach nourishment project. Wow. The federal government pays 65% of it. And then the town and the state pay uh, 35% of it. What they do, they split it. When beach tourism burst in North Carolina during the 1940s and proved to be a major economic driver, our state began subsidizing erosion control. Since 1939, North Carolina, local and federal governments have spent over $828 million on North Carolina beach re-nourishment. One ProPublica report revealed that of the 16 North Carolina towns that have received federal funding for beach reinourishment projects, 94% are white. In a community's homes that receive assistance from reinourishment, most directly are definitely the ones on the oceanfront. Surf City is no outlier. In 2021, it's 89% white and most of the homes are a stone's throw from the oceanfront. What about Surf City specifically are like the concerns for sea level rise? And like, what are some solutions or sources of hope that you guys have? Well, of course, our biggest hope is the Beach Nourishment Project. Mm -hmm. Now, we are in a, you know, ours is recorded at two foot per year, mm -hmm. uh, which is sounds like a lot, but it's not really that much. Uh, if you go up to northern part of the Outer Banks, then you're talking about seven to eight foot per year. Wow. Yeah, so, that's uh, a ton. Renourishment is known as soft engineering, replacing beaches with sand from other areas as opposed to building jetties or seawalls. Of course, the Atlantic Ocean is rising all the time. And you know, part of the problem with that is because of the uh, ice caps are melting. So therefore, the sea level rise is rising. You know, you gonna have that about anywhere you go. But Surf City really has a low rate. Uh, you know, our biggest problem with our beaches is storms. And anywhere from just northeasters up until hurricanes. And they all do damage to the beach. And that's why we lose so much beach. So, back to beach nourishment. So, we'll basically never run out of beach because it will constantly be going, like every six years. Like we'll always, it will always get bigger. Is that what you're saying? Right. We okay. won't here. In other words, yeah, we'll be putting it back every six years. Okay. Is there anything else you wanted to add to the interview? Uh, well, I mean, I think that, like I say, people say, well, you know, you're messing with nature. And yes, we are messing with nature, mm -hmm. but we're helping nature to a certain extent. Uh, I mean, these houses, this island was developed 
uh, you know, back in the, well, the island was developed a long time ago, but I mean, the inhabitants was developed in the, you know, late 40s, early 50s. Mm-hmm. So they were here, so they're trying to protect themselves. That's just like, you know, roads that we build through the mountains. You know, they have to keep building walls and all to keep the rock from coming down and covering the road up. So I think this, I look at this basically the same way. Uh, Yeah, maybe we shouldn't have tore that mountain up, but we did. So we just have to uh, find ways that we can, you know, protect that road that we put through there. And uh, so this is just protecting what we have, and it's a way of life for a lot of people. Yeah. The beach does mean a lot to everybody. We'll try to keep you a beach here. (laughs) Thank you. It was fascinating for me to hear how the Surf City Mayor is thinking about sea level rise. I'm certainly glad that there is a beach I can go to so close to my home. But I do wonder how long federal and state governments will continue to fund the fight against sea level rise, given how expensive it is. I know over my lifetime I've thought that the Surf City Beach has become thinner, but maybe a beach re-nourishment project will widen it up in a few years. I was curious to speak to someone who had lived in Surf City their whole life. Environmentally, what has a local scene changed? I spoke to David Sinclair, a lifelong Onslow County resident, who is especially likely to notice topography. He's a landscaper. There is definitely a, a sea level rise. I mean, there's no, there's no denying that. I mean, you notice now at the, at the end of North Topsail, or not even at the end of North Topsail, just as soon as you turn onto New River Inlet, um, people talk about the blacktop that they see this road that, that used to run through there, and now it's in the ocean. How do you think the silver rising would affect the beach, the beach houses right on the water, like the residents living in them? Because obviously that's a big effect on them. Right. I, I think that their house, you know, it's going to be in the bottom of the ocean. I, I mean, I see it now. I mean, I, I mean they've, they spent huge amounts of money putting sandbags and you know, beach control, but I, I mean, and I think that it has... Help. What about the differences you see on the beach now than when you were a kid? Like, how does it look different? Well, it's funny how, I mean, I'm sure that you've been told you know, it was completely different as when we were kids, you know, older people say that. And it's funny because older people said that to us when we were kids, but uh, definitely it was, it's changed a lot. I mean, when we were kids, like I said, it was just, you know, Surf City. It wasn't uh, Topsail Beach was which was now the south end or the north end, which is North Topsail Beach. It was just Surf City to us. But um, definitely probably the, the housing market has gone crazy. And um, I mean, there was, when we used to drive up and down the, the beach, we always used to think that the yopons and the, and the oak trees, how they formed on the dunes, we thought you could climb on top of that. It was like a, <laughs> like a, a tree of mountains. Um, not realizing that, you know, obviously there was, you know, something underneath. It wasn't just you could, you know, it wasn't you could climb on top of the canopy like we thought when we were younger. I mean, the trees lined the beach, and now you know, we have nothing but, you know, homes and, and, and restaurants. Yeah. 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 Yeah
to me personally, I don't think I can't visualize it being that severe. I do think that that the beach will um, invade uh, the sand dunes and eventually be on the main road. I, I do think that a lot of the houses um, will be underwater. I don't know if it will be that severe by the time my grandkids um, are able to notice it. I do think the North Topsail will be impacted. I think that would probably be the first places where a lot of the houses, well, a lot of houses now are almost in the ocean. Um, but as far as Surf City and Topsail Beach, which is, which is the south end, my grandkids, I don't know if they'll see the sea level rise that fast, that quick, where the houses are actually in the ocean. Um, I do see more developing I mean, they're developing now, so they're they're not stop. They haven't stopped building on the beach, which is a barrier island, which is crazy to me still. But they're the the building has not stopped. Um, probably the biggest thing I would say I would say that I'd say Hampstead and Wilmington and Surf City is it's going to be almost interconnected when my grandkids will will, will be able to drive. I guess I think there's going to be you know. It's, strip malls and I think there's going to be huge um, commercial I think it's just going to be all connected a theme I noticed in talking to David was that he was amazed that development was continuing it seems like a lot of longtime residents are surprised and a little mystified that development is continuing on the oceanfront Beach reinourishment, development, and sea level rise are clearly heavy on coastal residents and coastal leaders' minds. It seems that everyone can agree that the future is going to look a little different and take government intervention. Thanks for listening to Climate Stories Youth Report. Each episode, our coastal North Carolina youth reporters take you into a story about how climate change is shaping our neighbors' lives in unexpected ways. I'm your host, Holland Petrov. I'm 15 years old and live in Jacksonville, North Carolina. After going through a journalism and podcast training program coached by Coastal Youth Media and NC Health News journalists, our youth reporters produce stories about their home region. This project is funded in part by a grant by North Carolina Sea Grant through the Community Collaborative Research Program. Coming up, another Climate Stories Youth Report episode.